All right, everyone. Welcome to Heal Thyself. Another beautiful show we have lined up for you. Thank you for coming in, taking the time out of your week and uh, spending time with Dr. G because this is going to be really, really good stuff for you today. First and foremost, I think it's really important to understand that the environment that we live in can affect our health. I speak about environmental medicine, but today I'm going to give you some tips on how to optimize your bedroom and reduce that toxic load. You're in your bedroom all the time, right? You're sleeping there. So how do we optimize it so we are healthier, our kids are healthier, our pets are healthier? So really, really important knowledge bomb coming up. Then we have our special guest, Dr. Habib Sadiji. He's a very well-known and renowned doctor out here in Los Angeles and around the world. An incredible, incredible mind-body specialist. He's a family doctor, but he really, really ask the right questions on how to get you thinking about what disease means. And as I always say, it starts with the mind, it starts with the body, and it starts from disconnection from nature and your spirit. So beautiful, beautiful stuff coming. I can't wait. So let's jump right in. Knowledge Bomb. All right, the knowledge bomb is going to be on how to detox your bedroom, okay? I was inspired by a former guest, Zach Bush. On his stories the other day, he had some tips on some of the things in your bedroom that would be emitting certain chemicals and compounds that could be making you sick. Um, and it's really important because think about it. We spend about eight hours, right? Let's say you sleep eight hours at night, every night on average. You'll sleep about 222,961 hours in your lifetime. That's about a third of your life. A third of your life being in a room. Wouldn't it stand to believe that we really, really should be optimizing that room? The air that we're breathing, right? The contact that we're making. We really, really, really want to have a nice, purified, clean room. According to the EPA, however, check this out. Indoor air pollution is often two to five times higher than that of outdoor air pollution, right? So we always think outdoor air is really the stuff that is making us sick. We think of pollution. We think of like smog and the highways, but we don't really think about indoor air pollution, but two to five times more. And at times, it can exceed a hundred times more indoors, which is incredible. So for us, it's like we really need to focus on that indoor air quality. Why? Well, it's not only cleaning supplies or air fresheners or fragrances we use, uh, but there's materials in our house that can off-gas. And you heard me talk about it before, this concept of the materials becoming volatile when they break down. These are what are called volatile organic compounds. For example, benzene, toluene, formaldehyde, and other chemicals are known to cause these issues, right? You have respiratory irritation. Yeah, we know that, but they're also known carcinogens. Carcinogens meaning they lead to cancer. And even when the smell is gone, doesn't mean the chemicals are gone, right? For many of these materials, it's hanging out through the life of the material as it breaks down, it breaks down, it breaks down. It's still releasing these chemicals. But think about it. You know, you buy a new couch, you buy a new rug, you buy a mattress topper, and you open it up and you smell these chemicals, like, right, right, right. think about like the new car smell. It, some people like it, but it's chemicals, it's pure chemicals. So the same thing happens at home and these chemicals have a profound effect on your body. So why not take into account a few things in your bedroom that you can work towards removing over time, or if you can, get them out of there, all right? So here are my top tips to detox your bedroom. Start with your window, that's the cheapest way open it up every single day and get some airflow going, right? This is like the cheapest way that I'm talking about, but that airflow is really, really important, right? Because 
Remember what I said, indoor pollution, outdoor pollution. You have all of these indoor volatile compounds that now you're able to push outside, right? Not all of them, but you're still going to have that airflow, and it's really, really important. So even in the winter, try to open up your windows a little bit and get the fan going, get the air moving through your room. If you have a bathroom connected to your room, this is going to be really important. Open that window too, if you have one. If you're looking for a new place, try to look for a place that has a bathroom window because when you shower and the room gets foggy, the room gets moist, over time, then you're at risk for that overgrowth of mold. And you know my story with mold, I'm sure, and I did a whole show on mold because of this, but it's very important to be aware that moisture that you keep in the bathroom can continue to build up over and over and over. And if there's water damage, right, like a flooded toilet or a flooded shower or broken pipe somewhere, then you got to make sure you remediate immediately, right? And this is what I spoke about in the mold show. So if you're if you're predisposing your bathroom to mold growth, that's connected to your room, then you're absolutely going to have mold spores flowing around in your room. All right, what about your mattress? Uh, this is this is in my opinion the number one most toxic thing in a bedroom. And ironically, this most toxic thing in the bedroom is the thing we lay on for hours upon hours upon hours. So you go back to episode number 45, and I talked about this in detail. Plus, I talked about my favorite brands of mattresses to use. But long story short, conventional mattresses utilize flame retardant chemicals, polyvinyl chloride, PVCs, the things that you're finding in your shower curtain, polyurethane, right? Pesticides, chemical adhesives, other volatile organic compounds, which are making us sick. They're known to disrupt hormones, disrupt normal respiratory function, disrupt the nervous system, development, right, when you're pregnant or you have a young kid, young child, and are carcinogenic, as I mentioned, causing cancer. And Tempur-Pedics are the worst. They're, they're the most chemicals of the chemicals. They have so much polyurethane in there, and they're off-gassing and off-gassing and off-gassing. But now, nowadays, we have beds that are much more benign. Their materials are much more safe. We have cotton fiber beds, wool beds, latex beds, organic cotton beds, some with a mix of all of them. But you really want to look for GOTS or GOLS. GOTS for the cotton and GOLS for the latex, respectively. So what we're going to see is that this is sort of the standard to know that you're getting a good quality bed with quality materials. Um, you also can look for Green Guard Gold or OEKO, OECOTEX. Uh, standard 100 label. Um, the, I went over all the mattresses that all have this, or some of them have some of them, some of them have all of them. So I ranked them and um, take a look back on episode 45 to find out which mattress you want. There's been, I'm sure, some that have came out since that may even be better. So this calls for another review, right? But um, look, look, look for that if you're investigating for a new bed. But the same goes with pillows too. The exposure is there. You're putting your head on a pillow all night especially if you have a Tempur-Pedic, that's, that's one of the worst of the worst, and you're laying on it, right? So now you're on a bed with a pillow, and the same goes with beddings. You want to look for really uh, GOT-certified cotton, uh, organic cotton sheets. You can really optimize a lot and put yourself in a much better place as far as toxic load if you start with your bed. I would actually recommend that's one of the first things that you intervene with. Um, what else? Rugs. Rugs, rugs, rugs. A lot of people have area rugs. A lot of people have wall-to-wall -wall carpeting. But we really need to be very vigilant about the rugs that we have and paying close attention to what's in it, right? We don't really think much about it. Shit, I grew up with a bunch of rugs. We didn't think about it. But now it's something to keep our minds on because 
children, pets, they're rolling around on it, playing, sleeping, whatever it is. But rugs in particular are made mostly and sometimes exclusively of synthetic materials. You have these rug fibers, but you also have the padding. And worse yet, a, a lot of them are doused in stain and water protectant chemicals. So for one, you never really want to wear shoes from outside indoors where there's a rug. Um, and also you just really, even if there's no rug, make sure you're not bringing your house from outdoors indoors, but um, make sure you're continuously cleaning that rug because it's going to collect dust and allergens and chemicals. Um, but really what you want to do is get a rug when you can with natural fibers. And these natural fibers can be uh, latex or wool or cotton. Um, the one that I have, the one that I bought for my apartment was the hook and loom one, but there are other brands out there. The rug should be low volatile organic compounds or no volatile organic compounds in the adhesives, right? So again, summary, non-synthetic material like wool or cotton um, and no volatile organic compounds uh, went on the brand description. There's not that many rug companies out there. I had a little bit of trouble finding, um, but you can do some really good research now that you have some tips. What else? Hardwood furniture. And this is a topic I've yet to cover because to be honest, there's not that many quote unquote clean furniture companies out there. There are some, um, but really like beds, for example, have blown up over the past few years because a lot of people are making these organic mattresses. But Hardwood furniture is a little more difficult, but why is hardwood furniture a problem? Well, the plywood, the particle boards are glued together with formaldehyde-based adhesives. And this is a problem because it's the definitive carcinogen, right? We know it in high doses it is, but what about everyday exposure? Over eight hours of sleep when it's in the air. And what about exposure to that and other chemicals and how they're working synergistically? And uh, Zach Bush had mentioned in a story series to look for companies that, again, have low or no VOC furniture. And there are actually a few companies. I Googled it. Um, you can go to Google and type in low VOC furniture. That's what I typed. And then I typed no VOC furniture. And then I typed formaldehyde free furniture. I know for sure Ikea doesn't use formaldehyde in their furniture, but there are other companies that did pop up. So really easy stuff. So say you need a new dresser or side table in your room. Now make sure that when you are putting a little extra money and buy one that is not using these chemicals. It's interesting that the, the ones that are a little more expensive are the cleaner ones. All right, and the last part, look, get some NASA-studied plants, right? There's a, there was a NASA study that looked at house plants that detoxified some of these volatile organic chem chemicals from the air, which is really cool. Um, so very cheap option. You can line up your bedroom with some of them. I have a few. And also check out episode 12 because I spoke about air purifiers. And I would actually highly recommend you have an air purifier in your room. And if you have a newborn, putting it in the nursery or just young children, putting it in their room, wherever you're spending the most amount of time, make sure you have an air purifier there because no house is 100% clean. Um, I, in my show, I did mention the molecule, the Air Doctor and the IQ Air. I have the first two in my place. Um, but check it out. Go back to episode 12 and learn about the importance of an air purifier. I know a lot of you have it. So there you go. Really quick, easy ways how to detox your home, what to look out for, and how to do better. And we all can. And it's okay if we got a lot of work to do because you might not have known, but now you do. You have the power, you have the knowledge, and now you can spread it. All right, everyone, very special guest today, 
Dr. Habib Sadegi, is a friend of mine that I met earlier uh, before the COVID pandemic. And I wanted to get him out here, but then, you know, one thing led to another with the state of the world. But what an honor to have him sit here mm. because they call him the old soul doc, mm. right? The old soul doc. And I want to know what that even means, but I truly feel the old soul coming out. I just want to know why they're calling you the old soul doc. So Listen, welcome to the show. I, thank you. Thank you for that introduction. You know, it's, um, I went on a hike with uh, a friend of mine and in, in the process of just talking, this came out and it really spoke to me. And, um, and, and I kept it. The old soul doctor. The old soul doctor. And it, it just reminds me of, you know, why, why naturopathy exists, mm -hmm. why you're a naturopath, right? Because mm -hmm. naturopathy for me and naturopathic medicine is about the wisdom that we all have. So I wish I could tell you that I'm the only old soul doctor. Now, I think there's a there's an old soul doctor in all of us, mm, right? Absolutely. And and in in a way, it, so this is a reminder for me uh thinking that just like me, the person that sits across from me, you know, and and your audience, all of us, there's an old soul that has all the resources to guide us, mm -hmm. which is really the pillar of naturopathy and naturopathic medicine, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. The so innate healing, right? The innate healing, right? I mean, which is really what you practice, heal thyself. And um, I can't tell you, I mean, if there is one trigger that I have is um, when others in uh, multiple acronyms after they name, they come out and they tell all of us or the patients what they should be doing. Just think about that, right? The person who is the world-renowned authority on Dr. Gonzalez is you. <laughs> no one knows better. No one. Mm -hmm. But we're, we live in a world that's lopsided. We live in a world that we're so disconnected from our souls that we look for a double-blinded placebo-controlled study. We look for someone to come and to tell us how many milligrams of zinc, how many milligrams of glutathione mm -hmm. I should be taking, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. And, you know, if you ever had Persian food, your, your medicine is with your food. <laughs> we got all the herbs. Yeah, in all between, the colors. Right. Uh -huh. we, between each spoon, you got your, you know, you got your herbs mm -hmm. that you take them in between, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. But now we've gone to a place, and I do it because most people don't eat that way. So we create, you know, mother tinctures and essential oils mm -hmm. and capsules and mm -hmm. we take it. But this idea of let your, you know, let your food be your medicine and your medicine be your food is as old as Hippocrates, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. right? Forever. And it's, um, and, and so that, that's where it came from. It really as a reminder that there is an old soul in all of us. Mm, I love that. And, and you are expressing that old soul in your everyday. It's came to the surface. But um, I love that you reminded us that we can all tap into that old soul, right. that wisdom. Yes. Now, when you say wisdom, are we just talking about like wisdom about what my body wants to eat and what it doesn't? Or like, is this supplement working? Or are we talking about deeper conscious wisdom that is arising? To you, what is wisdom? Well, w wisdom for me is applied knowledge that can make a difference for you and others around you, right? Mm -hmm. um, 
wisdom is you coming outside and whatever difficulty we had with the parking. And you said, well, why don't you come in the back, mm. right? And what you provided me, right? You meet me outside and, you know, you flag me down and we come and find a parking, mm -hmm. right? So this way, my bandwidth um, mentally is not preoccupied that, oh man, I got to keep track of when mm -hmm. the one hour mm -hmm. is done mm -hmm. and then I'm going to be rushing through the conversation mm -hmm. because I can't completely be here, mm -hmm. right? So you having that knowledge that I could apply it to my life that makes a difference and it actually creates freedom. It creates spaciousness mm -hmm. so that now I can live in a, in a world that is free. I'm not oppressed. Right. You know, I'm not worried about whether I'm going to get a ticket or not. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. That's wisdom. Mm -hmm. Knowledge would be, well, gosh, there's a lot of, there are a lot of parking spaces on the streets. True, not wisdom. Mm. So that deep inner wisdom provides the theoretical freedom. It saying. completely frees you up. Mm -hmm. If if you come up and you say, wow, I got, gosh, you see this right here? This is unbelievable. Mm -hmm. I want you to have this in your smoothie every day and you're going to live to be 120. Mm -hmm. Great. I might, you might actually be right. And I might actually live until I'm 120, but that's not freedom. Mm -hmm. Because wherever I go, I'm going to be at the mercy of your smoothie mm -hmm. or your supplements that you want to sell me. Right. But you teach me how I could, there are things that I could apply in my own life, right? That creates freedom for me. Mm -hmm. That's really the essence of heal thyself. It's not to fill up your suitcase with all your mm -hmm. supplements and all your powders and do your cleanse and, and worry about how the world is coming to an end. And yet, no, I, I don't, I don't think the world's coming to an end. Mm -hmm. I think that just like every birth, you know, that's bloody right now, we're going through some, you know, bloody stuff. That's mm -hmm. great. But it's an opportunity to really evolve. It's an opportunity to tap into that innate, you know, soul, the wisdom that we have to guide us. Mm -hmm. That's why I'm here mm -hmm. because I have so much respect for you. And you really are making the knowledge that you have, the knowledge that you come across with, with the people out there, they can get it and they can apply that knowledge into their lives and create and distill it into wisdom that works for them. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. I always resonated with that quote, uh, teach a man how to fish, right? If, if you teach a man how to fish, they'll, they'll be able to do it without needing you. And even when I was working I, I, in the clinic, uh, I used to say uh, hi and, you know, go through the whole process of intake mm -hmm. and seeing them. But I tell them my goal is after our treatment, I never see you again, you know, mm -hmm. because that's the hope, especially the cancer patients. I hope I never see you again. Maybe mm -hmm. just check in. But um, because I've, my goal was to give the tools for these folks so they can go about their way. They can change the way they eat. They could so change profound. the way they breathe. They could, you know. Uh, so profound. And the beautiful thing is that when you put that energy out there as a practitioner, you continue getting more. The patient loads. It just comes. Patients always come. The, you don't run is, out of patients. Yeah. We, there, you know, when people, it's so interesting because I, I get quite a few uh, physicians that, that they come in and they want to find out, right? And they usually come in because, not because of books I've written or podcasts. They're coming because they had a patient that was dying of cancer. And they were sending him to hospice. And it's 
two years later and they see the patient and they're healthy mm-hmm. and they're trying to figure out what, what happened, right? And so they come in and they're curious. They're like, what, what did you do? And this idea that, that there are sub-DNA activators, they've never heard of it. Mm-hmm. Like when you tell them that, you know, you can actually sit with someone and be certain way with them that their sub-DNA that might be invisible and deactivated, it gets activated. And whatever it is, the symptoms that they have, it gets resolved. Mm. That's so profound. Yeah. But nowhere, I mean, my background, I was a medtech microbiologist way before even going to medical school, right? I wanted to become a patent attorney. Mm. So I, I was very scientific. So this idea that that way beyond quarks, way beyond atoms, way beyond electrons, you know, there is a nothingness that's everything, mm. which is consciousness, mm-hmm. right? Mm. That's really the pillar of consciousness preceding, coming before phenotypic expression. So the traditional medical model, it works with substitutive medicine. Oh, your chemistry is off. Oh, well, we, you know, we, we, we took a sample of your piss and can I say piss mm-hmm, instead of sure. urine? Make it more I exciting. I curse all the time. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, you know, and your, your dopamine is low, your serotonin is high, yeah. this, this. Okay, great. And then they put you on all these supplements. Mm-hmm. And then well, why don't you come back in six weeks and we do that? But that's substitutive. Mm-hmm. That's exactly what... Um, what uh, the, the substitutive medicine is the medicine that we refer to as traditional medicine, mm-hmm. right? I call it green allopathy, just right. using supplements instead of drugs. Right. But to be able to get to the root cause of the problem and instead of taking the power away from the patient, reminding them that they have the power and fine-tuning why is it that they're blocking that from themselves. That's, 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 a, that's a key. That's the essence. Yeah. And sometimes that might be a supplement. Mm-hmm. Every, I, I prescribe supplement mm-hmm. very judiciously, just like I have a prescriptive right and I prescribe antibiotics or every single medicine that you can think of. Mm-hmm. If it needs be, I do it. You know, we never really throw away the baby with bathwater. But the idea is, will you take the time to understand the being beyond the disease, mm-hmm. the being, the soul? Why is it that their you know, sub-DNA is deactivated, right? Mm-hmm. And is there a conversation that, that could be had with that person that they get it? So that instead of giving them this substitutive medicine for depression or for anxiety and you got to put them on GABA, yeah, 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 I heard it all. I've been in this, you know, I've I've heard it all. Mm -hmm. I don't think there is a seminar that I haven't gone to, right? I had the beginning of my my relationship with my wife. Every weekend I was going to a conference, right? It's like this supplement to read, that supplement to read. And then, you know, and I, I, I got to a place that I realized Gosh, what is beyond the optic nerve? Like what Mm. happens? And I realized that the way that we perceive things, it it will either fight or flight. 
mm. right? Parasympathetic or sympathetic. Parasympathetic, rest, ruminate, relax, right? Mm -hmm. The picture of Buddha, big earlobe, big belly, really chill, good digestive system. Mm -hmm. Sympathetic, thin, right? Anemic, you know, fight mm -hmm. or flight, the pupils are dilated. Mm -hmm. You know, you're, you're breathing in as much as you can. You think the wolves are coming, so you want to get <laughs> as much information out there as you can, yeah. right? Um, so if it puts you in these two places and these are the two modalities that we can come from, oh my God, are there conversations that you could, you know, that you could encourage and facilitate within patients that could shift them, that could really activate whatever it is for, for their highest good? Mm -hmm. No one, you know, hardly any, any, I didn't have any training. I mean, I don't know if in naturopathic schools you had that, mm -hmm. but even within osteopathic m medical schools, you know, I went over 500 hours of manipulative medicine mm -hmm. and but no one, no one really talked about, but wait, if they have a particular repetitive pattern or behavior, that would create an activation of nervous system that creates the level of contraction that would pull their particular thoracic right. uh, vertebrae out, mm -hmm. that it would be flexed or extended or rotated mm -hmm. and so forth. Mm -hmm. So even that by itself, both chi chiropractic care, or osteopathic care, any physical modality, right? Even that could be substitutive, mm -hmm. right? And you see all these people that they, that they go in and they get adjusted every week. And I'm like, but wait, yeah. what's the pattern? Yeah. What is the particular pattern? How is it that you're, what is it that you're stuck in, right? Now, I do quite a bit of osteopathic manipulative medicine, and I have utmost respect for manipulative medicine. I, I'm not, again, I'm not throwing the baby with bathwater. What I'm bringing forward is a different conversation for all of us to have, which is, where is intellect in this equation, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. How can we connect the dot so that we could have a three-dimensional structure and to give a new meaning to what really healing is mm -hmm. rather than substitutive treatment, mm -hmm. whether it's pill, right? Oh, here it is. Here's the pur purple pill, right? right? You have acid reflux. You have over, and for the rest of your life, here's what you're going to do. You're going to pay 6 to $7 every day to take your purple pill so that you don't have uh, gastroesophageal reflux disease. You don't have acid reflux. Yeah, that's really easy. We can do that in 12 minutes, right? Including writing the prescription. Mm -hmm. But to be able to touch, move, and inspire them to have a com communication with them, not to overeat, and to find out what is the root cause of them overeating, and to get them to lose 35 pounds so you don't have that 35 pound pressure. heavy mm -hmm. pressure, right? The things that you know. Mm -hmm. That, I, for me, that's really the conversation. That's the true healing, mm -hmm. which takes us back to what it means to activate the old soul in every single person. And mm -hmm. even babies have an old soul as old as life in them. Oh, that's beautiful. What, how poetic. I love that. That's beautiful. Yeah. I, I resonate in every single way because I have this friend. She, she does IVs, right? Mm -hmm. She goes and does IVs, but the IVs are her Trojan horse. Because mm. when you're getting IV, you're there for an hour minimum, 45 minutes minimum. She sits with them mm. and she talks. And then she looks at these repetitive thought patterns mm. that these 
people are having in order to break. What is the true healing? You're not, you might not even have a magnesium deficiency. You know, mm. you may, may, may not have a B12 deficiency, but you, you feel good from these. But really, it's the mind-body part of it mm-hmm. that we've lost that art as practitioners. Mm-hmm. In fact, even, even through naturopathic school, we didn't have, I, don't, I still believe we didn't have enough mind-body in order to really feel people, right? How they present and what they need. And I, and I know in conventional schools, it's, it's not truly, truly uh, looked at under the mm. microscope how we can, we can be good at it. But um, is this, so it's something you practice with every patient then. Oh, yeah, think? but it took, it took years. I mean, you know, I started training with, um, yeah, I had the pleasure of uh, here in the largest psychoanalytical school in Los Angeles. It's PCC. Mm. And the, de- the former dean is uh, John Tabakin. Dr. John Tabakin, I've been working with John for over, gosh, 12, 13 years. Mm-hmm. Every week, once or twice a week, running cases by, the, by him, what I'm thinking, right? It's, it's really going to a psychoanalytical school and more without going to a formal training, right? I work with um, Morton Herskowitz, wrote a book called Emotional Armoring. Herskowitz was a DO, an osteopath, a doctorate of osteopathic medicine, and he was also a psychiatrist, and he was the last psychiatrist that was trained by Wilhelm Reich. Mm. And, you know, Habib Davanlu, who was back in Iran, he was um, a surgeon, 60s, uh, came, went to Harvard and finished psychiatry, moved to Montreal, and he started the whole intense short-term psycho, uh, psychotherapeutic psychodynamic uh, therapy. And, um, and, and w- w- the people that he trained uh, were people like John Sarno mm-hmm. that wrote uh, The Healing Back Pain, mm. Alan Abbas, right, who's now one of my mentors, right? And Alan Abbas uh, was a family practitioner and used to run um, the ER, and he came, he took a course with Habib Davanlu, it changed his life. Mm. He went back, he did a second residency in psychiatry, and he's trained with Habib. And this is now all he does, which is looking at the relationship between mind and body. And once I, I completed that training, I realized that there is a third player in this equation, which is the soul. Mm. So I got um, a degree. I spent three years of my life. I got a master's in spiritual psychology. The third year was more like a fellowship in consciousness, health, and healing. And so that's the realm that I work with, which is mind, body, and the soul. And, uh, and I truly believe that the mind and the body are in front of the curtain, but unless you really support and connect with the soul, there isn't any long-lasting um, effect, change, phenotypic expression. Mm-hmm. Because in, tra- in, in, in reality, for me, the true genotypic expression, it's at the, it's, uh, it occurs in the spiritual realm. Mm-hmm. You know, and, it, and it's the way that you sit with a person. Uh, I remember from the beginning, um, I do. I, I was one of the very first ones that was trained in, um, you know, the usage of nutraceuticals and intravenously and so forth. And uh, I, I trained with Alan Gabby and Jonathan Wright. Mm-hmm. And uh, when when they were being, you know, um, they were being uh, 
raided by FBI mm. <laughs> and, you know, all their computers and everything was being taken. I was one of the very first ones that w was a member of orthomolecular medicine. Mm. You know, usage of high dosage of, um, of nutraceuticals to treat psychiatric illnesses, you know, uh, something that an organization that was started by uh, Linus Pauling and, you know, and mm -hmm. David Hawkins, mm -hmm. right? With the emphasis of, listen, by just putting people on antipsychotic and antidepressant, you're just masking. Yeah. Let's, let's find out. And although to some extent it is substitutive, but it, it creates less harm. And once I started, you know, training this way, yes, every person that comes, they get an IV. But is there a way that you could direct which organ would get more blood flow? Yes, there is. That's the whole field of integrative traditional uh, acupuncture. Mm -hmm. That's the whole field of auricular medicine, mm -hmm. right? It's so interesting when you tell people the story of uh, the uh, auricular acupuncture and, and you tell them that it actually there was um, um, Noget. He was a French physician and he was also an avid uh, art collector. And... Um, and one time this patient comes, came in and they were really sitting on this table in his office and they were bent over complaining of back pain and behind the patient was three paintings. One painting was this patient coming in with hunch over in pain. The middle painting was uh, a, a doctor sticking some, something sharp in the person's ear. Mm. And the third painting was the patient <laughs> happy like this. So Noget is evaluating this real patient. He says, could this, could this be, could, is there something to this? Mm. And got a needle and started just poking around in the patient's ear. And, and got to a point and says, wow, what, what did you just do? The pain is gone. Mm. Noget spent 30 years of his life mapped out the entire ear. Each point, where does it belong to, what organ and mm -hmm. so forth. He published his finding as Noget auricular uh, acupuncture. And then the Chinese said, yeah, we knew this for 5,000 years. <laughs> it's true. Right? The ancient wisdom has been there for so long. Listen, this, this old soul has been around for a very long time. A person comes in, they want to get an IV, but, well, what is their issue? Do they have memory issue? Mm -hmm. Are they suffering? Do you, do you want to increase fertility? Is it digestive issues? Could you get someone to work with their feet and do specific areas that we knew this over 5,000 years in Egypt? And activating those points, you can increase the blood flow to different organs. So more of the IV, intravenous nutritional support that you're mm -hmm. giving, could go to those organs. Could you include emunctories, various different, uh, you know, homeopathic injectables that you could handle any congestion that they may have? Mm. I mean, all of a sudden, once you bring intellect into this, sky's the limit. Yeah. And then you'll start seeing things that, you know, that the book, Spontaneous Healing, I mean, you, you read that, the Spontaneous Healing, it talks about going to see Andrew Whale had, had a pain in his neck and had seen everybody and couldn't get rid of it. And someone says, why don't you go see this osteopath? Uh, 
Robert uh, Fulford, and uh, he goes and waits for an hour and a half. He's really upset. You know, he sees Fulford. Uh, Fulford, uh, he retired two or three times. People kept bringing him out of mm. out of retirement because he was so amazing. Yeah. So here he is. He had moved down from Midwest. He's in Arizona, and Andrew Whale comes in with a neck pain. He's pissed. He's waited an hour and a half. Fulford comes in, says, oh, where's the pain? And puts the Fulford percussion hammer right over the area. And he says, you're done. He says, what? I waited an hour and a half, and it was like 12 minutes. He says, yeah, you're done. Mm -hmm. He gets pissed. He comes out, pays the money, gets in the car. And he's just, he says, oh, gosh, I can't believe I did this. And he's driving, and he's going to make a right turn. He turns, and, and all of a sudden he realizes he has absolutely no pain. Mm -hmm. The pain is gone. Right? Yeah. The traditional medical model would put you on muscle relaxant, right? Put you on flexorol five milligrams or cyclo, you know, cyclo, uh, uh, benzaprine five milligrams, put you on soma, put you on all these medications that they now they're congested. Everything that you go, do, you eat, everything that goes inside, it gets dumped into the recycler, which is the liver. Mm. And we're being bombarded with so much as it is already. So if you overtaxed your liver, sooner or later, you're going to start having issues. Yeah. Right? 100%. And it's true when you look at that model. You know what I notice is um, how powerful naturopathic or integrative or functional, whatever, just an introduction of something that is more gentle mm -hmm. can go a very, very long way. Mm -hmm. I mean, if you think of auricular acupuncture, it's fairly gentle, you know, you don't even feel mm -hmm. it, but how powerful and profound yeah. it can be. And then the most beautiful part, it's long-term. Mm -hmm. It can cause a massive shift long-term to where the tissue is already in the state of healing now. Yes. Um, you were just talking about the congested of homeopathics and yes. it, it's, it's incredible. And I, myself, when I was in school, I was like, homeopathics? I was like, what is this? Yeah. What is this witch magic, you know? Oh my God. And, wow. and I was looking for studies. I found very few, some on Arnica and surgery, um, one on Ruda and breast cancer. But then <laughs> I, was, I was in the clinic and I was with uh, the attending and it was, I was in pediatrics. And she gave the child a homeopathic, right? Before that homeopathic, the kid was running around, mm. kicking the, 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 the toys in the room because we had a little pediatric room. I mean, I was like, and that, and me simultaneously in that moment, I said, I'm not going to do pediatrics because this was too much. Right. I don't understand how right when the kid took the dose, it was like someone put him on a, a benzodiazepine or something. Yes. It was, it, the kid yes. just went, yes. and he sat still, Yes. quiet. It went from super sympathetic to parasympathetic and the snap of a finger. Yes. In that moment, I said, there's something to this medicine. Absolutely. Isn't that crazy? Absolutely. Yes. It's crazy and it's powerful. Luc Montrier, Nobel Prize in medicine. He was the co-founder uh, that discovered HIV. Mm -hmm. And some people, including me, believes that he was the founder, the discoverer of HIV, not the co-founder. Okay. Mm -hmm. um, and he, he was awarded the Legionnaire uh, Legionnaire, the highest medal of honor in France. In 2007, late 2007, sent a publication to Nature, which is the most scientific journal on the planet, mm -hmm. conservative. And they said, wow, th this is revolutionary what you're saying. 
And if what you're saying is true, we're going to publish it. But before we publish it, you need to present your research to 60 live Nobel laureates. And he did. June wow. 2008, he did. They were all blown away. And they're like, you're either a liar or what you're, if what you're saying is accurate, we have to rewrite physics and chemistry the way we know it. And they never published his publication. He lost his grant. And he ended up teaching a junior college out in China. What did he do that was so revolutionary? He proved that concept of homeopathy is true. Wow. You know, so it's absolutely true. And the concept is that, listen, you can give me the smallest of whatever, saffron. I put it in the water, okay? I cover it, I percuss it, I empty it out, and then I fill it up again, percuss it, and empty it out, right? And I'll do this a million times. On the a millionth time, I still will find enough of what is referred to as um, morphogenic resonance or fingerprint of saffron on that water. That's what, that's what <laughs> Christ did. That's, we call it baptism. Mm. When you really think about it, I mean, how come, how come baptism is not done in dirt? How come baptism is not done in air? This concept, my background, uh, you know, I, I almost got a master's in electrochemistry, almost because I finished my didactics, but I never presented my thesis. I ended up in medical school. I said, okay, first, first break, first summer after medical school, I do it. But I, I'm like, oh my God, mm. so I, I'm not going to go to school, crazy. so I'm going to travel. Second semester, uh, second year, summer, I said, I got to study for boards. And then after a while, it just, it's like I left it. But studying electrochemistry and this concept, it, it makes complete sense. You know, it, it makes complete sense that when you look at the structure of water, right? Uh, we refer to it as, you know, salvation. This idea of salvation and salvation, right? Mm -hmm. The psycho-spiritual component, it's really, it's similar. Nothing gets dissolved unless it's in a solvent. It could be water or it could be any other liquid, mm -hmm. right? Depending on the quantity that you're working with. But the idea is very scientific. The idea is less is more, which is completely in a crash course with traditional medical model, which is, oh, so you took one. Oh, you're not better? Take two. Mm -hmm. Oh, you took two aspirin, not better? Take four. They, they push it all the way up to the highest dosage. And then when that doesn't work, it's like, well, gosh, take that and then take a Tylenol. Mm -hmm. Right? Mm -hmm. It's substitutive. It's pushing. It's sort of like if I'm speaking and you're not hearing me, instead of shouting at you, I should actually speak and whisper. Mm. Because by whispering, your quality of listening gets evoked. That's what... Um, you know, when you, when you look at that, right, it's like, this is the concept. This is the concept that we refer to as whatever you want to call it, integrative medicine, osteopathic medicine, naturopathic medicine, green medicine, functional medicine, intelligent medicine. It's basically a medicine with intelligence mm -hmm. when you think about it, you know, it's, um, it's medicine that creates the spaciousness that let's start from stillness. Mm -hmm. Tell me, how did this start? What were you doing? 
when this started? What were you doing a day before? What are some of the recurrent thoughts, feelings, emotions that you were having before your symptoms started? No one asks that. Well, you got a symptom? Let's get rid of that symptom. And we got a lot of shotgun to kill the flies of your symptom. So God forbid you could actually sit with the discomfort and the suffering that could create a reflective way of being. And you could, the, the disease is supposed to create a greater ease for you, a greater spaciousness inside. But that's not how it is. Now, it's just a matter of how quickly can I get my prescription, prescription pad and how quickly I can recommend something to stop the symptom. Instead of shifting and changing the terrain, and you said it eloquently that it's sometimes it, it's it's almost invisible, and usually when I talk about that, it's it's funny because uh, the only issue of Playboy that I have, it's uh, 1972 volume two, I think February, mm-hmm. right, and and I bought it for the article, you know that's mm-hmm. the joke that mm-hmm. you get Playboy for the, for article. the articles, but mm-hmm. it's true. Buckminster Fuller, the great visionary, was interviewed. And that was the first time that uh, I, someone created the distinction of trim tabbing. If you sail, and if you've ever seen how a ship moves, the rudder is not in front of the ship. It's all the way at the back. Mm. And right on the rudder, you have these finger-looking projections that as they move, they create a shift and change in the pressure. So it makes it easier for the rudder to move. Mm. So you shift and change the direction of this oil tanker all the way from the back. And it's the trim tab that is so, it's finger looking and it's so easily moved. Those are the homeopathic medicines that you saw mm. that a kid that has so much tension, if you can create a deeper harmony, all of a sudden, there's no tension, there's no movement. And when, you know, I, I was this couple uh, with significant uh, zone of influence and affluence, they brought their, their daughter um, and uh, we'll call, let's call the, the, the daughter Elise. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, and they wanted to put him on medication. And I said, well, let's just find out. The kid, unbelievable. She had, she had so much tension in her face. She had her frenulum, mm-hmm. right? The piece of tissue, as you know, uh, connecting the lip, right? To the gum line. But you have two, one up, and then you have lingua. She, I mean, and you ask the mother, well, did she, she didn't latch on to you, did she? Oh, difficulty. Oh, my God. She doesn't eat. Da, 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 da. She has so much tension here that no one picked it up. And by releasing these pieces of tissue that can be done outpatient basis, mm-hmm. like quickly, it, it changes the entire trajectory of where she ends up. Mm-hmm. Just like an old tanker, you shift one degree of the rudder right, which starts with the trim tabbing, right? You change the direction of what continent this oil tanker will land in. Unbelievable. That's, that is a medicine 
that really taps into the old soul. The old soul that we all have. It's the collective, right? It's the collective consciousness. This is what Jung was talking about. Except we don't have, I mean, the reason I, you know, I didn't want to specialize and become a neuro-ophthalmologist and became a family doctor was because I wanted to, you know, to be jack of all trade and master of none. To really be able to sit with someone like your friend. They're getting an IV, but communicating and holding space and suggesting and shifting, you know, and trim tabbing. So by the time that they leave, it's a completely different consciousness mm. within the physiology. And I know that you, you've experienced this, and I know that consciousness can shift and change our physiology. Mm -hmm. This is, how else could, you know, a, a father um, finds their, their daughter or son, um, they're having some issues, the, a car runs them over. Man, the dad... A pure little guy can lift off the car, mm. right? You generate so much glucose, which is 2,000 times more powerful, and that's what adrenaline, epinephrine, norepinephrine does. Mm -hmm. You get the same molecule, but the energy that you pull out of it, it's a lot more efficacious, mm -hmm. right? How? Consciousness. Our physiology. That's behind the optic nerve, and that's no one taps into it. No one. And that's the shortcoming of substitutive medicine. Wow. Man, I, I, shoot, I almost lost my words right there. <laughs> that's a, I absolutely agree. I mean, I was hyper-present with that because I felt uh, that as so much truth. Yeah. I've sat with patients, and at the end of the day, I was like, this person doesn't need another lab. This person certainly doesn't need another supplement. They just needed someone to sit down and talk mm -hmm. to. And for them, for the person talking to them to show them a mirror of what is reflecting back to them as far as when, like you said, when did this start? Mm -hmm. Where were you? And now they're seeing like, oh no, I was in a really bad place and this mm -hmm. was the traumatic inciting event. Yeah, I haven't been the same since. I think a really good practitioner can feel the room change when that happens. Because mm -hmm. I've, I've sat there and I'm like, something's happening in my yes. head as I'm very professional. I'm like, something mm -hmm. is happening here, you know? And they come out and the air, they, even the air is different. Mm -hmm. And to me, that's, like you said, we're all consciousness, so you feel the healing happen in another, yeah. which is one of the most beautiful things ever because you're yeah. like, shoot, I didn't even have to really be a doctor. I just needed to be a holding space. You know? That's mastery. That's mastery. That's mastery. Yeah. To go and see an acupuncturist that uses 50 needle, I know a lot of acupuncturists that they can use 50 needle mm -hmm. and move the dial. You sit with a master that uses one needle, and they get that results, that's mastery. That's mastery, yeah. That's mastery, oh, yeah, you know. It, it's like when you look at that, right? When you look at that, that's really a lot of the, um, you know, a lot of people have said the same thing. It's, uh, there are people that they can do a lot more with less medicine, less force, mm -hmm. whether it's homeopathy, whether it's herbal medicine, whatever you do, if you shift and change the terrain, if you shift and change the air, right? When I came in, I connected with Isaac, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Isaac, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I connect. Why? The way he's here, it's going to shift and change what we capture. 
I gave him a love button. I connected with him. Because the observer becomes observed. Mm-hmm. If, I'm, if I'm a doctor and I have a white coat with all these acronyms and a patient comes in, man, I better, I better clean up and not pop out statistics to another being. The least I can do is to shut the fuck up mm-hmm. and not to insert them with statistics that you got stage three, you got stage four, this is what's going to happen to you. You got two weeks left. That's fucking malpractice. Mm-hmm. And I'm using vulgarity intentionally because that, is, that should be malpractice, not for a human being that says, you know, I am aware of the statistics, but I have a feeling Let's focus on why are you here? Why, why are you alive? Mm-hmm. Well, why did you come here? Can you really see that this is a university for you to cultivate your consciousness and part? A higher level graduate course is called Parkinson disease, ALS, MS, you know, whatever the diagnosis is, you fill in the blank. All of a sudden, you engage this being and they start becoming reflective and they get so much more and they might end up transitioning and and transitioning, dying. But my God, they go whole. Mm -hmm. Then a human being that gets torn apart, they never really work out their fears, their anxieties, right? Mm -hmm. And even when they transition, they still stick around. They're lost souls mm-hmm. and they're missing out. And this concept, I don't want to get too eth- you know, uh, ethereal, but this concept, I mean, most of the time people come in and they have with all these abnormalities and then you realize that there are entities in them. And, you know, and to be able to communicate that, that, you know, you, there are two stories and the second stories you've rented. We accept you don't know that someone is living upstairs and all these sounds and the leakage is because they don't really pay attention. Mm. This concept of psycho-spiritual hygiene and supporting them and so that they can really clean house. Because most people, when you tell them entity, it's like, oh, wow, you just said exorcist Mm. and you're wacko Mm. and you're woohoo. Mm-hmm. And you're not scientific, but when you sit down and you talk to them, scientifically explain this concept and they get it and you tell them what to do and they get results, it's like, wow, mm-hmm. I, I don't understand it, but it works. Mm-hmm. Just you like know? me and homeopathy. <laughs> you know, and, and you've taken your time and you have the intelligence to create the parking space so that you may not understand it, but you park it there. You mm-hmm. have respect for it. Mm-hmm. You don't attack it. You know, within the traditional medical model, when we don't understand something, we attack it. Fast. Completely. Yeah. And we got to get rid of it, mm-hmm. right? Because it's a threat. Of course. Right? Yeah. And it's, that's the conversation. The conversation is to really, wow, these, I mean, sage has been used for hundreds, if not thousands of years. Mm-hmm. In um, Persian traditional medicine that was started by Avicina, right? Mm-hmm. He wrote... The textbook we on medicine, him. right? Yeah, he, he was in the history of medicine. Right. We learned about him. It's like, and, and, you know, we have our own different herbs that we use, but what, 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 does, what does sage do? And when you tell people that sage has one of the highest concentration of steroids, that even within the traditional medical model, 
when you don't know what to do and you want to do something, you put people on steroids. Mm -hmm. Why? Because steroids shift and change the morphogenic resonance and shifts things, creates clearing, and you change the phenotypic expression, the disease. Mm -hmm. But if you overuse it, it has side effects, mm -hmm. right? That we can see. But, and, you know, there are things that was done that creates clearing, and, you know, and really allowing people to be open to spirituality and having a psycho-spiritual hygiene and paying attention to the things that cannot be seen, mm. right? Mm -hmm. There are things that exist that we cannot capture, we cannot stain. You know, I was a medtech microbiologist. I only believed what I could stain. If there's a bacteria, you stain it. Is it gram positive? Is it gram negative? Right? And then based on that, classify it, and you can find genus and species. But there are things. When you look at mycoplasm, it doesn't have a cell wall. Mm -hmm. It exists, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. It looks like a fried egg. Mm -hmm. So this, this concept that there are entities, there are, there are souls, that they're lost, mm -hmm. and they're in this realm. And they can attach to us. And mm. they attach to everybody. So you need to have certain routine to be able to clear it mm. so that you are left being emancipated and being the master of your own consciousness. Mm -hmm. I don't doubt that one bit. I've seen it myself all through right. childhood, even in adulthood. So right. I knew I wasn't crazy. Because I, you come from a culture that has familiarity and the language that yeah. allows that understanding. Right. Right. And not closed off and open. Um, and where would we learn ways to protect ourselves? Do you talk about that anywhere or, you know? Yeah. I mean, you know, the whole essence of the second book, the clarity cleanse, the diet, mm. the way that it was done. Um, I mean, it was, you know, I, it, I had to go through so much to just get that out mm -hmm. because, uh, you know, they wouldn't even allow my own medical records to be published because the medical records said, you got 70% chance of metastasis. You should have been dead. Mm. You cannot be alive. And I'm like, no, I'm alive. And this mm. is what I've done. Mm. And here are the medical records from City of Hope, the most, the mecca of oncology. So the, the clarity cleanse is set. The first part, it's certain psycho-spiritual uh, work that they can do. It's as simple as a way of journaling, mm. that it allows a deeper clearing, usage of fire. Uh, there's compassionate self-forgiveness and many other uh, reframing and many other psycho-spiritual tasks that really helps on clearing the second floor mm -hmm. so that we don't have the leakage. We don't have all these cravings. We don't have these symptoms and we don't even know why. And a lot of these, they gets passed down. This mm -hmm. whole concept of transgenerational trauma. I did a whole show on it. Right? Yeah. You yeah. know, it's, it's so amazing. Um, did you have Bert here? Bert no, Hallinger? I, just, I, did, I just did it myself. Oh, you but did, yeah. Yeah. Bert, Bert Hallinger, right? Mm -hmm. Bert Hallinger was sent at the time, the only place on the planet that understood this was the Zulu nation in Africa. Mm -hmm that they understood that these, that the father, you know, the sin of the fathers, the way that things get passed on from one generation to the next generation, which has a lot to do with activation or deactivation of sub-DNA mm -hmm. reactors in there. And uh, once he was there, he understood it and he understood, oh my God. And then he came back and this is the family constellation, you know, that it, that it brought that level of understanding, right? Mm -hmm. So part of... Really, uh, the form of medicine that I practice, I refer to it as intelechy medicine. And intelechy is the movement of acorn becoming oak tree, ah. right? And a baby is really an acorn. Mm -hmm. And then how can you support the baby in becoming an oak tree? 
mm-hmm. right? How could you facilitate that? Part of it, it's predetermined. Part of it is choice. Yeah. And part of ushering and creating that, it, you know, it, that's the culture, the society, the parent, uh, the medical community, all of that goes into this for all of us to be able to have a different future. Instead of just putting people on medications of ADD, ADHD, and no one paying attention, and everyone wants to have certain particular um, expression and phenotypic expression, so everyone get braces mm-hmm. to look certain way without dis- with complete disregard of their cranial rhythm impulse. Mm-hmm. And when you tell people that you know there's actually movement you know, t- through the ventricles in the brain, the places, the choroid plexus is what, what produces the cerebrospinal mm-hmm. fluid that your brain is floating in, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. That if you sit and meditate and if you touch the tip of your tongue to the roof of the mouth, the, the, the movement that you see, it's from that cranial rhythm impulse. Mm-hmm. And there are people that they practice medical qigong or qigong that, that, that you put a piece of paper on their hands and they can put it on fire because they're tapping into that and they're moving that mm. to be able to do that. Mm. No one teaches us that. No. That's this. That's God forbid. No. You have pain and you could tap into that. Wow. To heal ourselves. That's a, yeah. Uh-huh. That's a lot of Tylenol, Motrin, over-the-counter medication, right? Didn't they promise us that Celebrex... You know, all these medications, Mm -hmm. it was safe. And then we found out, oh, wait, 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 stop. Mm -hmm. Stop. They have side effects. Yeah. You can't just give it out. You'll get a heart attack. Yeah. Yeah. I love, I just, I love everything about this interview because you're really reiterating the whole point of the show and the amount of times you pointed to heal thyself is so powerful because that you understand what I'm trying to put out here is Mm -hmm. that, is the the conscious innate intelligence yes honing into that tapping into that and letting that be the healer yes not not you not me you know we like we said in the very beginning to tie it back it's you you know it's it's you you know you better than anyone does yeah oh man okay so i we need to have you back on this show it's my privilege. I, I have so much respect for what you're doing. Thank you, Doc. You that know, means a lot coming you. from you. I appreciate yeah. that. Um, I read the book, The Clarity Cleanse. Mm-hmm. I even have it in Spanish. You gave it to me in Spanish, That's too. Right. So the Spanish version. Um, is there anything else that people can look out for from you? Yeah, I'm irrelevant, really. Um, I'm completely irrelevant. The idea is not for them, to, for anyone to don't look for me. Look mm. for the me that's already in you. There you have you all the resources. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, this is something, this is a ministry for me. It's more than medicine. Mm-hmm. And they can find me on Instagram at Dr. Habib Sudegi at beingclarity.com. And we're also on Patreon. There are quite a few uh, videos and lectures and various different things nice. that, we, that we put there. And, and the idea of putting it on Patreon is to have a community, to have a private community. Because when you go on, on Instagram or this or that, and someone comes in and they're not as sophisticated and they look at something on a surface, mm. right? It's sort of like looking at an amazing tree. And you're like, ah. Oh, that's, that's it? Uh-huh. Without understanding the root system that's holding it up. 
right? Yeah. But once you're in a private community, then it makes it a little bit easier to be able to go deeper and to share and the sharings built on each other. Because a lot of these stuff, they're not readily available. This is the main reason that my wife and I would publish a magazine. We call it Megazine once a year. Mm -hmm. And we publish quite a bit of these concepts and these, these things that they just come through. We capture it you know, linguistically, we, we give it shape and we share with our community. Really, that. the message is the message is to really stop and be still and know that each of us, we are God, that mm -hmm. we have that goodness, we have that essence in us, that we are a piece of a larger puzzle that we call God, but we are a piece of the puzzle and we are an important piece of the puzzle, which is really the, uh, the Sanskrit salutation of namaste. I praise, I salute, I appreciate, bow to uh, the God in you. Mm. Namaste, my brother. I appreciate you. We can end it right there. I can't think of a better way to do it. I it's appreciate you. Thank you for the opportunity. Mm -hmm.